In this episode of Behind the Service podcast, Sarah Otto, the co-founder and president of the Ohana Homefront Foundation, is going to discuss a little bit about helping those that we love through a tough time and how to take care of ourselves at the same time. So listen in as she helps you learn a little bit about how to help those around you when they are going through a tough time. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Otto, and I am the co-founder and president of the Ohana Homefront Foundation. At the Ohana Homefront Foundation, we are working hard to close the gap whenever it comes to suicide within our military community. And with that comes self-care, self-love, and helping those around us through tough times. How many times do you move to a new duty station and you don't have any friends? You don't have anybody to turn to. And so you kind of just stay within your four walls. You don't get out there because you don't know what's on the other side of that door. You don't know how it's going to be perceived. Maybe you had a bad experience at your previous base and you just don't want to go through that again. Um, And we want you to know that it's okay to not be okay and that you're not alone. So whenever it comes to that, you need to give yourself some self-love. And so let's talk about that just a little bit. Self-love and self-care, they go hand in hand. So what do I mean by self-care? I mean, exercise, go for a walk, get on, get on that exercise bike, get on that treadmill that's been gathering dust and collecting your clothes in the corner of the room, right? So that's going to help you. And you're going to also be able to twofold that. You can read a book while you're doing that. You can listen to a podcast. Maybe you're listening to us right now while you're um, on that treadmill or on that bike or outside taking a walk. You can kind of work through some of your feelings doing that. And in turn, that's going to help you. And it's going to help your family. It's going to help those friends around you. It's going to give you more confidence to get out there in the world and make that difference and make that impact that you've kind of been shy and a little bit afraid to do. So get out there. And make sure that you're talking about your feelings with your other half or with your family and with your friends. Uh, My husband likes to joke, you know, if if I'm not sure what's happening in my own brain piece, he likes to joke that as long as I get talking, everything's fine because I'll end up coming full circle and figure out what the issue is. So sometimes just talking, whether it's rambling to you, that may help you at the very end and come full circle to exactly what's going on in that brain piece of yours. Because, you know, as women, I'm going to speak to the women a little bit. We have so many tabs open in our brain that sometimes we just need to close them. That's what my husband says. Close that tab. Can we move on? And for the men, men's brains are completely different. They are in a box. And they know this needs to happen. This needs to happen. And so sometimes it's a little easier for them than it is for us. But we all, whether men, women, children, we all need to take care of ourselves. Set goals, but make sure that they are realistic. We want to make sure that they are attainable. Don't expect to lose 80 pounds in a week. Just don't do it because you're going to set yourself up for failure. When it comes to the new year, you know, we're one month in. Uh, to 2022. And I always hear people say, well, uh, I didn't get my New Year's resolution. I've already broken that, you know, that quote unquote diet. I've already eaten that, 
you know, junk, I'm just going to give up. So whenever I start a new year, I don't go in as a resolution. I go in as goals. I set goals for myself for the entire year, not for the first month, uh, and, and make them small so that you can attain them. That's always important. So next, I want to talk about setting healthy boundaries. That is a big one. And that's going to help your self-care as well. So you really need to discover the power of setting healthy boundaries, that it's important to your mental health to do that. So I got some tips for you on that one. So we're going to start small with our healthy boundaries. We're going to set them early in that relationship and don't go back. Do not go back on what, you know, what boundaries you've set for yourself and be consistent. Consistency is key because otherwise that boundary that, you know, you've already broken that wall down. It's, it's done. It's gone. So then let's also talk about starting those conversations. All right. So this is a good one. Um, and this is a big one. So I hope that you've got a pen and paper or you're going to replay this because I really want everyone to listen to this part. So we all know that life within 2020 and on has not been easy for anybody. We've had to wear a mask. We've had to stay away. We've um, had to kind of distance ourselves, whether it's unemployment, loneliness, relationship issues, illness, or death of a loved one. If someone you care about is going through a rough patch, you need to show up for them. Um, and there are many ways to do that. And it doesn't have to be in person, especially if you're immune compromised. Please do not go out of your way to put your health at risk. There are many ways. FaceTime, Skype, Google Meet, Facebook Messenger, text message, phone calls, you know, pick up that phone. Um, sometimes it can feel a little heavy, but it's important. So I'm going to give you some tools to put in your toolbox, all right? So number one, you need to focus on them, okay? When you're listening to a friend that's having going through some issues, be sure to listen. That is crucial. It means listening to hear, not listening to respond. So it's not that sharing your thoughts isn't helpful because it is, but it's just that it's so easy to dominate the conversation when you don't even realize it. So let's talk shifting the response. So shifting the response draws attention to you and the support response keeps the attention on the other person. So here's kind of what those two would look like. So in a shift response, your friend would say, I'm so exhausted all the time. And you might have the urge to say, eh, me too. I haven't been sleeping very well lately. But Listen to how the support response comes off. So the friend would say, I'm so exhausted all the time. You could turn around and say, oh, are you not sleeping well? Or do you think that there's something else that could be the cause? So offering more support responses and fewer shift responses is a good habit to have in general. But it's especially good to be conscious of those when your friend is going through a tough time. Number two, resist the urge to say, I understand, or to share your version of something similar, at least to you. So a similar seeming experience. Don't, please, 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 please do not do that. So if you're confident that you've had a similar experience that they might want to hear about, maybe say, you know, I lost my mom to cancer when I was 15. And while I know I'll never understand 
how you may feel right now. I am here if you ever want to talk about losing a parent. So the key in that is to let them, let your friend or family member decide if the experiences are similar enough to bond over and frame it as it's something to talk about when you want to, instead of derailing the current conversation to talk about all about you and everything that's happened to you in your life. Number three, here's a good one. How about this one? This is, this is something too. When in doubt, ask. It's truly okay not to know what to say or do in a response whenever it's a situation that you're not sure about. They might not even know what they want you to do or to say. So if you're not sure, just simply ask. I mean, those things, it, that is so important. And just to let them know that you care. So here's some that you could get. So how can I best support you right now? Maybe they just need a shoulder to cry on. Maybe they need somebody to be their rock. Maybe they're just simply stressed out and they need somebody so that they can talk in circles too. And they know that you'll listen. What are you in the mood for right now? That's a good one. It gives your friend the permission to set the tone of the conversation or to hang out or it gives them the gift of being in control. How many times can we say that it was important to us to be in control, to cry, yell, vent, scream, whatever they need. But be sad. Everybody deserves to have that time to be sad or to be cheered up. Uh, whatever they need, just ask them what you can do for them right now. Do you want to talk about it? That is a go-to response after a person has told you something very crappy that has happened to them. What I'm saying is this sounds bad. I'm here for you, but I'm going to make sure a conversation with me is what you want or need right now before I just start emotionally and verbally spewing things at you. So when I want to do this, the person will realize they actually don't want to talk about it or will say that they want to talk about it later, but for now they prefer just to focus on what's happening, which great. I'd rather give them a moment to think about what they really want to do instead of replying in a way that gets them all fired up and emotional before they even realize what's happening. And I guarantee you that there are a few of you raising your hand, nodding your head, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. So, you know, there's just so many ways. Or how about, do you, do you want my thoughts or an advice on this? Or do you just need to vent? I'm here for you, whichever direction you need to go. Or are you okay to keep talking about this? Or would you prefer to be alone right now? Or would you like some company? That's a big one. And so those, those are really important. So I've got two more for you. Go easy on fact-finding questions. They can, they can take that conversation away from a person who really wants to talk about to what the asking person wants to know. And the fact-finding conversations create a, it's, it's totally detached from the problem rather than an emotional one. So getting to the facts can be important in helping in the long term, but they don't need, you don't need to have a lot of specifics to comfort someone, especially someone that you care about. So remember that, that last part is key. Remember that this conversation is about how they're feeling, not the minor details of what happened. And then number five, my very last one, 
please know that there is no shame in the genuine I'm so sorry. If you want I'm so sorry to be have meaning, just make sure that you say it with meaning. There's a huge difference between offering a robotic I'm sorry for your loss before you even had time to process the news and a sincere, genuine, I am so sorry that happened to you. Just be genuine. Be there for them. Let them know that you care because caring goes a long way. And the genuine part of it, of you having that conversation with that friend or loved one, that is going to go so much farther than the robotic answers or turning the tables on something that has happened to you. Please know that you're not alone and that it's okay to not be okay. Ohana Homefront Foundation is here for you day or night. We are working diligently on your behalf to close the gap when it comes to suicide awareness and prevention. So please reach out if you need anything. You can find us at ohanahomefront.org. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. We're literally everywhere. So please do not hesitate to send us a message or shoot us an email at info at ohanahomefront.org. And we hope that you have an amazingly blessed day and that this podcast helped you a little bit. As I said before, it's okay to not be okay. Okay.